Hello and welcome to this edition of Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. On this episode of Veterans Corner, host Bill Hodges sits down with Danny Burgess, director of the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs. Danny Burgess is a man who never stops working for veterans. He allowed Bill to intrude on his Memorial Day family time to record this program. In it, he outlines the new initiatives that his department has instituted and explains how others have been updated. Florida is the most veteran-friendly state in the USA, and when you listen to this, you will learn why and how important what they have to offer is to you. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner. I'm so happy to have you with us. And remember that whether you're listening to this over the air on our FM stations or as a podcast, you should have a paper and pencil ready to take down the phone numbers and web addresses we share. By the way, it's also a great idea to have others in your family listen with you. My guest today is Danny Burgess. He's the director of the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs, and I'm so happy to have you back a second time. It is great to be back, Bill. Good to see you, if, uh, if, even though we're, we're virtually connected. <laughs> And, by the way, I'll point out it's Memorial Day. This guy doesn't stop working. It doesn't matter what day for veterans. And I've seen that over the last year. Thank you. And, and today, uh, even though we all can't be together, um, as we traditionally would at events across the state, you know, it is just as important, if not more important, to make sure that we take the time to honor and remember our fallen heroes. The last time I talked to you, the ink wasn't yet dry on your appointment. And That's right. You took a gamble with me. I don't even know if I was official yet. <laughs> well, you were resigning from the state legislature, as I remember. <laughs> That's right. In order to take the job. Al showed up at the door with you. And, and Al Clark is just one of the neatest guys that you could ever ask for. And it's a wonderful part of your staff. Oh, my gosh. I'm so lucky to have Al as a part of my team. He's just a good man. He's, he's just his level of expertise, uh, experience, and, and what he brings to the table is just second to none, and I just appreciate him so much. Let's talk about your background. Sure. Where, do you, where would you like me to begin? Well, go, don't start as I was born at a young age. <laughs> Maybe the <laughs> Way last back time. when in the year 1986. <laughs> Things that might be important for this particular interview with veterans. So I'd always wanted to serve in the military. I'd always had a passion for service. And I didn't quite know uh, how that path would lead and where I would, what path I would need to go down to get there. So I probably stumbled a lot along the way. But long story short, after college, I went to law school. Still had that burning desire to serve. And so I direct commissioned into the United States Army Reserve upon graduating law school as an Army Jack. Great. Yeah. So that, that's uh, been in about eight years now. I'm a captain. And uh, just uh, I, I tell everyone that getting to wear the uniform and, and of all the different hats that I've worn, and other than being husband and father, 
this is definitely my favorite professional hat that I've ever worn. It's an incredible honor to serve. One of my big heroes is Judge Shante. Oh, he's a great guy. With, with oh the my Veterans gosh. Court. <laughs> he is outstanding. <laughs> so we had always uh, obviously run in the same circles. He's an Army, Army JAG as well. And there was, right. of course, through the public service circles, Veterans Treatment Court, all that stuff. Well, we had never really met in person. And then oh, really? all of a sudden, yeah, but all of a sudden, about a year and a half ago, we were in, it was in Knoxville, Tennessee, at a National Guard air base in Knoxville. Really? That far away? It was. We had an Army JAG, uh, what they call on-sites, and I was walking around, and I looked, you know, you, you have the name tapes on your uniform, and I saw Shanti. And I was like, well, the odds are high, and this has to be the guy. So I just went up, said hello, and sure enough, it was him. And so that's how we first ever connected was just by happenstance. But it's a, it's a small JAG course, so the odds were, were likely we'd run into each other that way. Well, I started interviewing him back uh, 14 years ago when he was still in the state legislature. Oh, my gosh. So wow. he's had a, a great career since that point. All right. Now, let's talk about the Department of Veterans Affairs in the state of Florida. This is really a very big organization that you have there. A lot of people don't realize the many facets of it. Would you share with us some of the things that you've seen over the past year and maybe your plans for the future? Sure, absolutely. You know, and since you and I last spoke, boy, how things have changed quite <laughs> a bit. But our mission remains the same, and we're still executing that mission. And, and I'm so proud of our team and, and their adversity and uh, rising to the top and, and letting their best selves shine through despite this adversity and despite the challenges that remain with, with overcoming this pandemic, but ensuring that we're still serving veterans. So, of course, we have our benefits and assistance mission where we have veterans claims examiners stationed throughout the state of Florida who help connect veterans to their earned benefits, services, and support. We also have our state nursing home division, and we have seven facilities across the state, six skilled nursing homes, and one domiciliary. And so you can imagine that that's been an all hands on deck effort. And, and so it, it, that's our, our number one priority is, of course, the safety and security of our residents and staff across our nursing facilities. Uh, could not be more proud of our healthcare teams and administrators. Um, they, they don't get days off. They uh, are working around the clock to keep this virus out of our homes and to protect our residents and do all we can to ensure their safety and security. And I could not be more proud of them because this is an unprecedented fight against an invisible enemy. Really, when you start looking at nursing homes around the country, those have been the ones that have been hurt the most. Our state veterans homes? No, just all of the various homes. Oh, absolutely. All yes. of the retirement homes. Nursing homes are on the front line. Uh, and long-term care facilities, of course, are, are particularly vulnerable and susceptible on a number of fronts to this virus. And so it's just, it's critical. And, and the reality, Bill, is that despite your best efforts, despite all the protocols, practices, the screenings, the testing, the, at the end of the day, there's no guarantees that you can 100% prevent a virus from coming in to your facility. And so it's, we have to live with this reality and it's scary, but all we can do is do our absolute best, give 150%, follow all the protocols and exceed all the standards and respond accordingly if necessary. I think that's so important to understand because so many times you have children of patients who want to go into the nursing home and see their dad or their mom and they can't do it it's got to be heartbreaking on your staff to ever say no i'm sorry you just can't come in it, it absolutely is we love our resident veterans they're 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 heroes to us their family their family to, my, to our staff who share in their their life and and their story and and 
Yes, absolutely. It's heartbreaking to see them have to be um, sequestered within their facility, to not be able to see loved ones, family members. And we, uh, FDVA, uh, under the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis, we shut down access to our nursing homes very early on, very early on. It made sense. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe we started screening everyone and enhanced, enhanced protocols, of course, very early on in March, if not late February. And then we locked down our homes completely to visitors, vendors, contractors as of March 11th. Um, wow. So it's been a little while now that family haven't been able to see their loved ones. We're doing all we can to enhance uh, our Skype and Zoom and uh, virtual platforms, FaceTime. We try to schedule window visits where we can. That way we can, of course, allow families and, and residents to see their loved ones, um, if not just through the window, if they're able. So we're doing what we can. But of course, nothing can replace that ability to connect and to be with your loved one in person and it does break your heart to see the toll it can take, not just on the families outside of the facility, but the residents inside of the facility. But again, our healthcare teams are doing all they can to care for the well-being, both physically and mentally, of our residents. Uh, they are doing all they can to to keep them engaged and active, helping them get through this too. Well, you've got a great staff out there helping too. That's a very important thing. General Hartzell has come on board, and mm -hmm. I really like him. We've not had a chance to interview him, but we'll do it. I promised him that he's coming on. He said, "No, let's let the boss come on." But I told I, him. I said, "I told him. I said, you got to go. I'm going to make him. I'll, I'll, I'll order the general to get on. Go. How about that? Tell a major general what to do. Yeah. <laughs> this captain, this captain was going to go ahead and order the major general to get on your radio show. How about that? I really like him. He's He's got a lot of vast experience. And with he and Al Clark as your top two aides, uh, I just think it's fabulous. Oh, it is. I, again, I'm so lucky. And, and General Hartzell, I know you haven't had a chance to uh, interact too much, but you're right. He, he, his experience, same as Al, you know, his experience, his, his uh, time in the 37 years in the Marine Corps, rising to the rank of Major General in the Marine Corps. He retired in 2018, so he hasn't been out of service very long. So, I mean... Gosh, that fresh experience, knowledge, and, and input, and uh, you know, I've known him for a number of years now and, and just value his counsel greatly. And so I consider myself fortunate to surround myself with such incredible leaders that if I was wearing a uniform, I would be the one saluting. <laughs> Tell me, let's talk about some of the other areas. Your Operation Outdoors, I think that's a fabulous thing. Operation Outdoor Freedom? Yes, yeah, so that falls under the Commissioner of Agriculture. And, um, oh, I, I thought it was on, I thought it was in your department. No, but we proudly support it. It's 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 a fantastic operation and and, and mission, and and so we we want to do all we can to try to help promote and support that. I'll be darned. I I wonder if it switched. I thought last it time I had maybe maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking that last time I had it on, they said they were part of your department, but you know I can't keep track of the musical chairs. <laughs> no, I I, I can't even. So our big thing that we took on since we, I think since we last spoke was, did we talk forward March? Not really. A little bit about it. We're just beginning then. Probably just in the infancy, as, as was I. And so we went ahead and, and traversed the entire state, had seven or eight major regional meetings, collectively had well over a thousand participants. And these were all community leaders within veteran circles, public service, elected officials from the federal to the local level. And we got them together. And we had breakout sessions related to some of the key areas of veteran service, such as transition, mental health, jobs and employment, education, uh, legal services, benefits, assistance, 
homelessness, and we would try to find the best practices and identify those and compile all those from across all of our regional meetings and then put it together in one big final report with recommendations to the legislature and the cabinet and the governor's office as to how we could move forward as a state and ensure that we are doing all we can to serve those who served us. Great. Yeah, our report was issued. Uh, if you go to our website, you can download an electronic version of that. Oh, really? That's the Forward March Report. So floridavets.org, it's the Forward March Report. Um, you can see it, find it there. It's great. It's, it's over 30 pages long, very well done. And uh, we're very proud of, of what we were able to accomplish there. Uh, and we were hoping to go into a second phase of Forward March, of course, because the, the mission's just begun. And the real work has just begun now that we've identified where the gaps are and how we should fill them. Now we need to get out there in, in the same way that we got out there before and raise awareness to veterans and let them know what services are available. That way, those that need them can access them. And then also get out there and, and try to see what we could put out there that isn't already uh, working for those who, who served. Well, I hope the legislature is giving you the backing you need. I know the governor is. The legislature has been great. Um, you know, they're always looking for ways to, to promote service, to uh, help our veterans, and, and to ensure Florida remains the most veteran-friendly state in the nation. So couldn't do this without the support and backing of the Florida legislature and, and can't appreciate them enough. Of course, it can't hurt that you know a lot of the people that are in the legislature and served with many of them. I, I'm lucky. I got to serve with uh, with most of them. And, and so I, cause I am still kind of fresh in this new position and, and the, you know, so I've seen their passion for, for serving those who serve firsthand. We've got about two minutes to finish up with. What are some of the things I haven't asked you that you really want to get across to the people that are going to be listening to this radio show and podcast? Absolutely. So of course, I think timely with COVID-19 being the big issue that we're all still dealing with and working through together I just want to make sure that veterans who are in need of a veterans claims examiner or trying to look into their VA benefits, any issue with, with, with the VA, um, we have a great partnership with the VA and we have these claims examiners serve as their advocate, the veterans advocate and conduit to helping them navigate an appeal, see what benefits they're eligible for, applying for the VA for the first time. How does one get in touch with those? Exactly. So email them at VSO, Victor Sierra, Oscar at fdva.state.fl.us. All right, let's do that one time or more slowly. Sure. VSO at fdva.state.fl.us. And just tell a person on the email that you need help with a claim against the uh, injury or, or illness you got in the military. That's right. Well, yep. You can ask that. That goes directly to our veterans claims examiners. And then I also have a phone number that okay. we, your call will be returned within 24 hours. It's 727-319-7440. Okay. We'll give that one more time. 727-319-7440. I think it's important that people understand that. And I, this is kind of a sidelight to this, but you might have got out of the military 50 years ago, but now your disability has gotten to a point where you need to file. We had a guy here in Sun City Center who had been out of the military since World War II, but he was a gunner's mate on a battleship, and his hearing was gone, but he never filed for it. We filed for it, and believe it or not, he got a 50% disability off of it. 
Wow. So, I mean, that's 50, well over 50 years before. But the, but the primary cause was his military service, and nobody argued that. Exactly. And so, you know, it, it, no matter how long ago, you should still consider looking in and, and, and calling in and seeing what might be available. And, and if, if there isn't anything, at least you tried and there's no cost any better. And this is a service provided by the state of Florida and, and our veterans claims examiners are incredible. You know, they will do all they can to advocate for you. Well, Director Burgess, we've just run out of time. I want to thank you so much for being on the program and giving up part of your Memorial Day to continue to serve the veterans the way you do every other day. They served us, and it's our honor to serve them today and every day. We remember our veterans and our fallen heroes, and especially, I want to make sure to put this in there, especially our Gold Star families for them every day Memorial Day. That's absolutely true. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great tell yourself so often because you are you know and we'll talk to you on the next veterans corner radio and again thank you director burgess for being with us thank you it's an honor to be here you've been listening to veterans corner with your host air force veteran bill hodges the views expressed on this program are those of bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information in matters of law or governmental regulation it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.